good. All right. So welcome to the Two Americans podcast. This is episode 16. Um, uh, links in the description for sponsors, uh, Audible, uh, Dollar Shave Club, and... Oh, I forgot the last one. Oh, that's not good. I'll remember it later in the show. Oh, wait, no. Casper. Uh, well, thank you for listening. This is my guest. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello there. Uh, my name is Amy Bredo, and uh, I live in the Chicago area, and I have 9,000 irons in the fire, so I'm not really quite sure how you want me to introduce myself, but I guess I'll just say uh, I'm a mom of four, a wife, uh, I own a nonprofit for adoption, orphan care, and psychosocial education programs, and then I'm a fitness and wellness coach as well. Wow, a lot of stuff, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what, what do you tell people that what you do? Do you just say, I do that? I say it better than that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess it depends on the environment that I'm in. Mm. You know, uh, my whole premise is to really show people that um, in order to help, you know, in order to serve others, you need to take really good care of yourself. Because mm. if you don't love yourself first, you can't take care of anybody else. You know, so it all kind of, it all kind of fits together. You take care of your mind, body, and your spirit. And you are a more complete person. I think you can, you know, better move forward in serving them. So I wanted to talk about your radio show because I listened to three, two to three episodes. I think it was pretty. I, I actually really liked it. I think oh, actually. <laughs> I, well, because because you know, there's some that I just feel don't they don't they don't get you engaged because the conversations doesn't flow well or you know it's not a back and forth. It's more of a one sided thing. And I suppose the subject matter. Yes. You know, and, and um, you know, I don't, I don't know how old you are. So, you know, if you're not an, an adoptive mom, you might not want to li- listen to that episode. If you are, uh, you know, not an abandoned child, and you were more wanting to think or hear about leadership, like you'd maybe be more apt to listen to the Simon Sinek episode, or you know. So, yeah, I tried to get things in there that were relevant to kind of uh, my cause, but also to you know, a general population, you know, a broad, a broad range of subject matter. So I, the last one I heard was with, uh, forget her name. It was Black or something. The last name? Ashley Black. Ashley Black. That was a lot. Or was one. it Mad, Mad, Madeline Black? Because I had, uh, Ashley Black is the mother and Maddie Black is her Maddie mother. Black. I think because okay. I am in the millennial generation, so that's. Oh, here we go. <laughs> that's really, you know. Well, I guess I'm between that and Generation Z, so it's like very, I really don't understand how that works, but I just say I'm a millennial, and you know, that's interesting. How old are you? Uh, 20. Okay, so you're right in the ages of my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, so that, that one I really related to, kind of, most of it. Well, I, I would like to, I guess, you know, ask you questions about that, too, because the thing I think that's different about Maddie is she almost doesn't have that quote-unquote millennial attitude. She really has a, uh, I think, a mature soul about her. Um, it's kind of a weird thing to say, you know, when people say, like, old souls and like blah, blah, blah. But she really has a good head on her shoulders, and she has a, a very specific focus. And uh, I think she's a really good example for a lot of people in that kind of millennial stockpot to show Mm -hmm. that you know you guys really do have brains you really uh there is a sense of compassion and empathy for things and that every kid graduates high school expects to kind of skate through college and then get paid a hundred thousand dollars a year at a management level right out of school 
you know, a lot of them do. So, uh, yeah, what did you what did you think of that episode? I actually thought it was really well. I mean, I've it's because I lived a different my childhood was so much different than that. But yeah, you know, I I grew up in like a, I wouldn't say it was well. Once I went to high school, it was very liberal, so okay. it was a lot better for me. But all throughout middle school, it was kind of you know violence and this and that, and it wasn't really a, it wasn't a healthy environment for me. So, but once in I got your, out of that, in your house or in your school environment? In my school. In my school, okay. my my house is great. My I, I mean, my dad is a mostly a hands on hands off person. You know, just okay. do what you got to do. You know, as long as you don't get in trouble. You know, you don't cause me problems. We, you know, he was one of those people. But nice. Once I got in high school, I was I was like, wow, this is so much better. And then after, I think my junior year, I started. Uh, I joined the army. It's called the split ops program. So I joined the okay. army. I. Left junior year summer to basic training, came back, and I just, I was like, wow, these these kids are crazy, you know? Well, you got a whole other form of discipline that I think a lot of kids need. Yeah, because it was, it's, it's very strict, but it's just, I felt that, you know, just like that lifestyle was so, so regimented and, and like, it's just all chaos, you don't know what's going on at school, and you know, that's how I felt about it, but. You know, if you feel that way, probably a lot of kids feel that way. And I, and I think that's unfortunate. There isn't, uh, I feel like there's not the same sense of control or discipline in the, in the school arena that there was when I grew up and I knew things got out of hand then, or maybe like when my parents grew up, um, I think there's a lot of sense of entitlement with uh, kids and young adults these days. And I, I think it really throws respect out the window, unfortunately, you know, in a lot of school environments. So it's good you kind of took the path that you did because, I mean, who knows? If you were already exposed to those things in junior high, you know, you could have easily chosen to go that path in high school. Oh, yeah. And I also had much older friends. And when I was a freshman, my friends were, you know, juniors, seniors, some sophomores, but mostly juniors and seniors. So it was a lot different for me because, you know, then the my – after that, you know, it's like everyone just goes different directions. So, you know, right. you know, he, he he's going to New York. He's going to this school. He's going to that school. He's going to he's moving to Germany. He's going here. He did this, you know, and he, it's hard to keep up with everyone. So it was just like, wow, uh, I guess I'll just, you know, it just and, you know, you kind of lose touch with them. So it's like, oh, I'll talk to you maybe six months from now or something. I think in those kinds of friendships too, especially when they're uh, pretty deep friendships, you know, it'll, it'll stay together possibly with one or two of them growing up. I think that, uh, maybe from high school, I have like one or two friends that I'm close with, but one in particular, like we've been friends since seventh grade and, Mm -hmm. you know, now we've been friends a hundred years and we're, you know, we're still really close. So it's interesting who gets put in your life, who comes in, who comes out. Yeah, I didn't really like uh, the Madison Black episode. Was it Madison Black? Yeah. Madeline. Madeline. Uh, she, you know, she was talking about having two to three friends or a few friends, not many. I thought that was very interesting because, you know, I've never had that kind of, you know, camaraderie, you know, with uh, friends. Usually, I just, you know, it's just a bunch of us hanging out. We hanged out every day, you know, morning and then lunch and then, you know, after school. So it was a lot different for me because it was a big group and, you know, it was hard to keep up with everyone and everything that was happening. Out of that big group, you didn't have a, a few guys that you were closer with? 
sort of, but I, I, I like talking to everyone. I really enjoyed, you know, you know, whether it was, because uh, there were, this was like 20, 30 of us that, from freshman year to all the way to about junior year, we all hanged out. And then senior year, everyone, you know, moved or, you know, we just, just stopped talking to each other. It was very interesting to me. I mean, we still have some form of contact, but not not like we used to. So I oh, thought that was interesting and how having a few friends, I never really had that. Yeah, I think as you um, kind of develop and get on your path in, in your adult years too, that you'll find the people that you want to surround yourself with um, will either feed you or suck the life out of you. And I, and I know that seems aggressive to say that, but you'll find that whatever your goals are, you get on that path depending on who you surround yourself with, um, it really does have some impact on your success. So if, if you are, for, for example, this, your podcast, you know, if you have people that are around you that are supportive of you and guests on that are uh, encouraging people that are listening to or watching you, you know, those are really good things. But if you have like that one person that's always like kind of looming off to the side, like, mm, that's not a big deal or, oh, you probably never do anything with that or giving you reasons as to why something is going to cause you to stumble, you need to kind of run away, <laughs> you know, from from that kind of person. So I think you'll find even out of these this group of guys, the ones that you keep up with, there'll be things that pop up in your life now uh that'll be heavy, not necessarily bad, heavy either with you or with them. And you'll find that like that reconnection will occur throughout your adulthood. And you'll realize that all those times you spent together just laid this great foundation for such a, like a fruitful relationship, which sounds super weird to say to a 20 year old guy, but, um, yeah, I would just, I would rely on that. I, th I think that you'll be surprised who comes out of the woodwork out of that group of guys that will just really be consistent friendships as you, as you continue on. Yeah, I think I think it's, I think it was good, but then also you know I have like yeah, it's like oh maybe it wasn't good because you know I never really got to know all of them, mm -hmm. I maybe a couple you know but not really all of them you know like one of them I hardly talked to but he was always there and you know we would say I would say hi and stuff but like that was my the 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 most engagement I ever had with him, other than him helping me with calculus. I forget, yeah. Calculus, no. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, that was, that was a struggle for me, just math and, like, I, I don't know why I wanted to, you know, take harder classes. I just really didn't understand. I, like, I, I should have just uh, <laughs> kind of taken, I don't want to say taken the easy path, but taken stuff that I wanted to take rather than taking things that, I just was like, oh, why, why don't I just do that? You know, it's very difficult. I really. So tell me more about this podcast because I was looking at it on YouTube and I watched a little bit of the link that you had sent me before, but what I would love to hear, like what your vision and goals are for it. Okay. Well, right now I think it's really in a, in a kind of a state where I don't know exactly what it is really. That's okay. Mm -hmm. So. I, I was I was debating, you know, what kind of topics do I want to do? You know, what, what, what kind of podcast do I really want to have? And then I ended up uh, thinking that, well, I don't really want to have a specific kind of podcast. I really, you know, 
and there's a lot of podcasts out there that I felt like, you know, that were interesting, but they were all the same kind of, you know, you know, it's a, it's, you know, about a sim, the same topic every time. And I felt that wasn't a very, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be more diverse and, okay. you know, I guess, I guess my inspiration was from other podcasts. It really was. So, uh. A couple big ones, maybe like the Joe Rogan experience was one of the big ones for me, because he he kind of does kind of what I do, well, okay. kind of mimics what I do. Well, well, he I mimic what he does. I was gonna not, say not, <laughs> I recorrect. Okay. I gotta correct myself sometimes, because then you know everyone's like, oh, that's know. wrong. That's not right. But <laughs> the way he, I'm mimicking how he does it, where he I don't have a lot of long drawn conversations like he has. His podcasts are three four hours, so. So I try, but he has guests from, like, I'm talking about everything from, you know, professors to uh, MMA fighters to, you know, it's just so, it's not, it's not specific to one category. And he has comedians and this and that, you know, it's not specific. So that's kind of where I got that idea of, like, that's how I wanted it. But then it ended up me being, you know, having a co-host with my, uh, a friend of mine, Luke. And then we kind of, you know, we decided like, okay, we'll do, you know, one episode every week. I just want to be consistent, really. I think that's most, most people's issue is the consistency, you know, keeping, Mm -hmm. keeping it going. Uh, And so I felt that, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And here we are 16 episodes later. It's been a few months now, which is like. Wow, uh, it's been a few months. I, you know, I didn't imagine. I, I'd imagine I would have just like be like, oh, nope, it's not working, and then just throw it out. But I decided just to go for it. Well, it won't work if you stop. Yeah. So you don't want to stop. So like, you know, I, I can look at mine like, okay, I spent all this money, and I feel like it didn't work. Oh my god, it did work. Do you know the doors that opened? For me, mm-hmm. the the contacts, and that was a great thing too about the network I was working with. I was able to meet some some people I wouldn't have had contact with otherwise, like Madeline Black or her mother, Ashley Black, or, um, do you watch Survivor uh, at no. all? I don't know. Anyway, you know, um, this guy, Scott Pollard, who's hysterical. He's an NBA, an ex-NBA player, and he was on Survivor, and so he came on right after so his episode or his season of Survivor ended, and, you know, and he just, it's cool because you meet these people that seem so far away from you, but they're really, they're just people. Mm-hmm. And they have the same stuff and they, you know, have very similar issues. I mean, is their realm of reality a little different? Yeah, but it's, it's all the same. You know, we're all just trying to make it through our days and, and, and hopefully most people want to do great things with that day. And, uh, you know, so taking a break for me doesn't seem like it didn't work. I just need to pick back up and and be consistent, like you said. So that, so that's great. I think it's, it's good that you're doing it and it's going to be exciting to see how you grow Hmm. for sure. I at least, you know, I'm trying to do one, one a week. I'm kind of booked for the, this weekend because I don't, I don't understand. Like, it's hard to schedule with people and like coordinate. That is yeah, tough. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I understand. You know, stuff happens. I would have, you know, I've one or two times I've done that. Yesterday I was supposed to have one, another guest, and then I had a, I did, you know, my calendar didn't go off as well. So it's That's like, okay. I was like, I didn't get a bing. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry about that. And then you know that's. That's the, I think the biggest thing is that time management with that, figuring out how you get these guests on or how, you know, 
even coordinating with like a, you know a friend of mine that's a co-host it's really difficult because he, he has stuff to do and i have stuff to do and then we have to figure uh some type of agreement you know every wednesday at this time or every thursday at this time you know or maybe on a weekend or something and it's really difficult to you know most of the time we don't stick to the schedule so we always have to move it back and forth so what is the meat, I guess, of, of what you're looking for, even for today's episode? You know, what would be um, something you're really, you know, wanting us to engage in conversation about or, or share with people that are listening or watching? Well, I'm more fascinated by, like, I mean, you're a, what, I just, the list of things that you do is, <laughs> is baffling to me in the, that, you know, I'm more of a, because I get obsessed with things, you know, like, uh, like, you know, one thing, let's play this game or, you know, uh, for, you know, uh, I just get addicted to certain things, you know, like, you know, learning about that topic, learning about this topic. And then, you know, like I always see your, uh, you on LinkedIn, you have your Tony Robbins quotes. And I'm like, I just like, I'm like, I just keep looking at it. And I'm like, wow, I, you know, I'm interested in that now. I listened to one or two of his stuff. I think it was ah, brilliant. I, I really like him. I think he gets me really pumped up, but then after like 30 minutes, it just, whoop. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have an opportunity to see him speak in August mm -hmm. at my company's, uh, you know, our big celebration event. So I'm super excited about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be mind-blowing. I, I, um, I appreciate you, you know, following those posts that I make on LinkedIn. You know, I get a lot of... Uh, really good feedback and a, and a lot of messages from people saying like, you know, Hey, thanks for that. It made my day. And that is so much of like my purpose. I, I hope that I can just, I think there's so much anxiety in our culture and I think there's so much depression. And I think there's all these things where people are just so overstressed and so buried and burdened with things or pressure or jobs or all the stuff that, that there's no like moment for clarity or there's no moment for joy or there's no moment for enthusiasm or happiness. And I, and I feel like that's so unfortunate because I feel like we are really wired to be present and we are really wired to have joy and to just be thankful for today. You know, a lot of that has to do with my faith, but a lot of it also just has to do with my state of mind. And, and I'm not saying I don't have bad days because I do and I get cranky or I might be like, Ugh, and I might have a pity party or feel really sorry for myself or feel like I'm freaking stuck. But the only person that can unstick me is me. Mm -hmm. So I think about, um, I think about that. And, and when I see something that really resonates with, with me, that makes my heart feel a little bit better then I want to share that. Or if I have a thought, I don't know why that thought's in my head, but if I have a thought like, you know what, maybe that's something I should share with somebody, then I'm going to post it, you know, and, I, and I've had just really nice people like saying, hey, thanks for posting that. And, you know, it, it's not about me at all. It's about how can I make somebody else feel? How can I encourage somebody else to just be a little bit better today? Well, if I don't do it for myself or set that example, it's just words. But if I do my best to take care of myself and, and to serve other people and to show people that they have value in such a culture and a society of bullshit and money-making and that's all anybody ever thinks about, there's no value to anybody. 
And the problem is, is that there really is value to everybody. And there needs to be those people that make that clear and make that apparent. And that's how things get done. That's how people stay engaged. That's how they feel valued. That's how they feel appreciated. And that's why they want to give their best. Yeah. I really, I really do think that's uh, what you said earlier was money. I think that's a really big issue for most people because, you know, it's all about, you know, making Benjamins or, you know, whatever. That's what I always <laughs> yeah. say, making the Benjamins. And they're always, make it rain. There you go. And everyone's, you know, I'm like, well, you know, where you want to be is, you know, where you're comfortable, you know, where you don't have to worry about paying for this, wearing bills, past due, you know, you just got to be comfortable. And once, you, once, once the money, and then eventually if you do something that you love, eventually the money will come. So, you know, don't worry so much, you know, about that. And, you know, I got to make a hundred thousand dollars. I got to make a hundred fifty. I got to make next year. I got to make a, I think it's great to have those goals, but you know, what we're you know it's not that's not all it's about you know you gotta really think about other stuff you know your mental game or your mental state i would say is a biggest biggest thing that you can really uh focus on because everything else will come if your mental state is great absolutely and i think it's too um i excuse me i get i go between completely being on board and then getting completely like flustered by this whole, uh, I shouldn't encapsulate it, you know, like the whole self-help thing. It's so necessary because there are a lot of freaking screwy people. Okay. I get it. But I, I think it's like, uh, a lot of the words are so overused, like be your authentic self, be transparent, you know, meditate, yeah, you really should do all those things. I think meditation is a great thing. I think being authentic is absolutely necessary because there's too many times in my life with my childhood or my upbringing or whatever relationship I'm in and I don't want to upset somebody or I don't want to make waves. But I really do. I'm not afraid of conflict. I'm not afraid of making waves. I just need to do it in the proper order or the proper way that's not attacking somebody or being antagonistic you know this whole thing especially like um, I don't want to call you a kid because you're an adult you know you're the same age as my kids so I apologize if, if it it's if okay. comes out that way I, I just want to preface like that's I'm what not my, trying you know to, I always say like I'm not trying if to someone... take anything away from you um, when I took my daughter for her college orientation and she's your age you know they were talking about how this is the most highly medicated generation mm-hmm. and things that kids and young adults deal with now is the amount of pressure that used to put people in the psych ward like in 1940. I don't really know how they measure that. There was a study, mm-hmm. whatever. So that's why I'm thinking like it's the way people are treated. It's that drive. It's the money chasing. It's it's everything. And now you'll see there's so many life coaches and mindset coaches and I say it and I do it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I'm the right person for everybody. You know, you need to find yourself in a place of what do I want? And I'm not talking necessarily even about like something tangible or material, but just, you know, what are my goals? Like I want to get to my deathbed empty. I want to get to my deathbed and be like, I did everything I wanted. I gave everything I wanted and I don't feel like I missed anything. 
and and I feel like if if people could wake up that way and wake up in that high energy state of just like holy crap it's sunny it's a good day I have all this stuff to do but I'm freaking really lucky I get to do it do you know how lucky we are to be busy you know I have a child from a third world country when I adopted him he was 11 years old he spent seven years in an orphanage they didn't get to do a whole lot he was in a decent one he got to go to school he got to you know he got to eat a few times a day but like when you go to those places and you see how people live like outside of America, I mean, that's a, an extreme case. And even how some people live inside America, mm-hmm. like you just have to have like this gratitude, mm-hmm. I think. And, and the money, you're right. It'll all fall into place. And I f- yeah. Yeah. That's true. But I, I think, you know, in America we have, it's so different from third world countries because we have a, a poverty I call it a poverty stick. So basically there's nothing that can go below it. You know, you know, like you can get to that low part, but you know, you'll be fine. But in someone in a third world country, they're going to be starving. You know, there's a lot more issues for them than you. So, you know, I always feel like there's, there's a really, uh, there's a bottom part that holds everyone up, tries to elevate everyone. I also think, you know, what you said about, I also think that, you know, in schools, you're stimulate people. People are in my generation, millennials or Generation Z, whichever you would like to call I it. I know this. <laughs> and you would, everyone, you know, is it's all about stimulus. All, all always being stimulated by something, whether it's you know your phone, your you know checking your throw it away. Yes, it needs to be thrown in the garbage. It's, it's hard for me sometimes to like <sighs> you know I see something. Oh my gosh! But you know I can't you know. And, you know, I freak out when I leave my phone. Like, it's gone? Where right. is it? You know, it's like, you know, I feel that that's a really big issue. Us being, I guess we get, everyone gets trapped in patterns, you know. Like, we always get, everyone gets in a trap. I always feel that everyone does it at some point. Because you, whether it's a habit or an addiction or, you know, whatever you want to call it, you get into these patterns where you do something a certain way you move a certain way you act a certain way and you know people are not willing to explore or they're not they need a helping hand or you know they really want someone to help them let's yeah let's talk about that because you had made a good comment uh, an interesting comment about being comfortable and it's and it's funny because in every area of, of work that i do whether it's like in my wellness arena, you know, or in my nonprofit stuff or anything like it is really about embracing discomfort Mm -hmm. in in so many ways, because in in order to achieve whatever that level of comfort is for us, we have to get Mm -hmm. super freaking uncomfortable. I think, I think, yeah, I think everyone's uh, okay. I'm sorry. It's kind of hard to with the both of us talking. So yeah. I get your point where you're saying you got to be uncomfortable, but I think everyone, you know, you have to be comfortable and uncomfortable, comfortable and uncomfortable. I think you have to find a very good balance. And there will not be, there, you will never achieve. Well, you won't, what is that, self-accusation or something? I don't think you'll ever achieve it, but you, I think you. Actualization. Actualization, see. I apologize I interrupted you, so that was poor, that was poor manners. Um. It's okay. Go ahead, finish your thought, and then I'll. Uh, so, okay. So basically, I you're feel... talking about a balance and comfort. 
Yes, so, you know, I think people should be willing to step out of their, you know, zone to get uncomfortable. But you can be uncomfortable and still be comfortable. I don't think that's really a, a, an issue. But, you know, you got to find that, that kind of sweet spot. Everyone has it and, you know, where you feel that you're, you're in the moment, you have everything you need, uh, and you're comfortable. And when you feel that, it's kind of, it's kind of really, uh, it's really good for you. But, you know, you got to also explore. You also got to get into those uncomfortable positions. In, in my mind, that's what I think. Right. I, I have found even in my own experience where I'll be really willing to get uncomfortable. Like, like I'm involved in a company that I love. And I, you know, I share a vision but I sh- and I share products. And I coach these people. And we have a great team and everything. But really, if I want to get where I want to be, I need to be talking more, um, doing more, sleeping a little less, and, you know, that's uncomfortable. And I, I always find, um, excuse me, I always find, like, well, I can do this tomorrow, or I can do this. And I do have a few other jobs that I do, so I don't do that one just, like, specifically laser-focused full-time, as I would actually like. Uh, but I feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to achieve – all of the goals I want to achieve unless I'm willing to stay in a state of discomfort for a lot longer. I think a lot of people are willing to get uncomfortable, like while it's convenient to be uncomfortable, (laughs) you know, but, um, sometimes you need to like literally like pick up and go somewhere else and do something completely different and not know anybody and be in a, an environment that is so foreign and so uncertain. And that is where the magic happens because that is when you are forced to do what you keep saying you're going to do. You know, we can keep saying we're going to do it. We can write it down. We can stick post-its all over the place. I've done it a thousand times and come to the end of the goal and been like, I didn't freaking do half of that shit. And then I'm mad at myself. <laughs> so then instead of staying in that place, I'm like, okay, forget it. I, I, you know, throw everything over and I write a new list. But I, there was something so satisfying about checking the things off that list. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I... I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm trying to come to a common ground with you with the balance and the discomfort, but I, I don't truly agree because I know when I really allow and force, allow and force simultaneously myself to be uncomfortable, that is when I grow the most. And I guess if I could have told myself this as a 20-year-old, I would be so much further. I'd be so much further than I am because now I'm sitting here and I'm 43 years old and I, I'm like, I know this about myself and I know that about myself and I know I'm going to go do this and then I'm going to do this and this and this. Shoot. If I would have, if I would have known this or, or believed it is the key when I was in my twenties, how much further would I be? And in the same scope, I have to look at, but I needed all those other things to happen to get myself to this place, right? So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I can't. When people say, like, they do things and they regret it or whatever, I feel like living in that place of lament is so dangerous. It's so bad for you. You have to just say, like, I did that. That was stupid. Or I did that. That was amazing. And either way, you just pick it up and you go forward, you know? So I, th- I think a state of discomfort is the best place to be. I have a question. So uh, it's like, uh, 
what motivates you? Like, is that everyone has something different? So, what motivates me? That's interesting. I don't know. I'm surprised I don't have like such an immediate answer for that. I think my goal is just to give as much as I, excuse me, (coughs) as I can give. whether it be finances, whether it be advice, whether it's my time, Um, if I can lend an ear and and listen, if I can offer somebody some kind of sense of hope. I don't know, I think uh, uh, what motivates me. Gosh, that's a good, that's a great question. I think just uh, to, to share value to share joy. Like I, it's that I just, I just want to do that. I just want to inspire somebody to be better than they think they can be. So your, your motivation is mostly helping others, right? It is. It really is. I would say service. I would say the opportunity to serve is what motivates me. You know, I, I was not always this way. Okay. I, I, also I was, was going to ask cause yeah. you know, Helping people, you know, that's a very specific thing to do. So most people don't uh, actually like or don't want to do that. Right, because we're a very self-absorbed society. And I'm not saying I don't have those moments. I'm human. I I make mistakes daily. Um, you know, you want to know more about kind of my background or maybe what, what flipped that switch? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think... Um, I think it has a lot to do with the way I grew up. I don't know. Like I had really young parents. My parents were 19 and 20 when I was born. My father was younger. Uh, my father was really messed up, came from a really abusive alcoholic family. And so he was abusive and alcoholic. My mom was young. Her mom had died, you know, so she left him when I was a baby and just, I think had, you know, a roommate or, I mean, we lived in a car once for like a month or, I went to foster care for a little bit under a year. I was with family in foster care. I always like to say that. I have a very good mother. I'm not bashing her. She mm-hmm. just had a really hard time. And I think uh, I was, we moved a lot. I went to like four different first grades in wow. one school year. Um, you know, two in Illinois, two in California. I just uh, always was bouncing around and always adapting. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I look back at it now, to me, that was normal. Like, oh, we're picking up, we're going. And so I was always just like, hey, you know, um, I think where that would make a lot of kids shy, I was out there and I was always like, hey, and talking and trying to be funny. And I, I think I always have used humor in a lot of ways as a coping mechanism. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm freaking hilarious. Like, I, <laughs> you know, like, I'm just kidding, you know, but like, I'm, a, I'm always thinking on my toes and I make jokes and I have a great time with people that I meet and I can easily talk to anybody and I think as a kid that was a very useful skill to have Mm -hmm. but I could talk to anybody I could make jokes I could get along with people but I was always very insecure I had very poor body image I was very insecure and I always felt like something was wrong with me because I felt abandoned by my dad I, I, I felt just like I was a kid that was just like juggled around all the time and um so I would use my humor as my coping mechanism, but inside I always was just 
looking for more or, or looking to find something or, or, or hoping that somehow I would have something that would attract somebody to me and that I would just be like a treasure to somebody. And I don't know if I ever would have known if I found that or if I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it takes years to love yourself. Uh, when I was a 20 year old, I did not feel the way I feel now. And maybe when I'm 60, I'll feel different than I feel now. But I think all those things I was searching for my whole life is what I want to give because I realized that I had it. Like I'm okay. Like I didn't ask for a crappy dad. It's not my fault that he sucks. Even when it felt like it my whole life, does it still feel weird? Like, you know, when I have friends that grew up with both their parents in the house and stuff, like I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand what it's like to come home after school and have your mom home and then be like, oh, dad's home and now it's time for dinner. Like, I didn't grow up that way. My, mm-hmm. I grew up different. Like, I came home. I was by myself, even as a little, little kid. You know, then my mom would come home and then we'd have dinner and she'd pick my sister up. And, you know, like, it's okay. It's okay. Because I feel like now I have these experiences and I understand and I can empathize. And maybe I don't have the same level of empathy, but, like, I don't know. And then when I was a little girl, like eight years old, I saw some infomercial about Ethiopia or infomercial, but like, you know, the commercials uh-huh. when they're like, Oh my God. And everybody's, I shouldn't make light of it. Cause it's, it's not light, but you know, the year that it was, there was a horrible famine. Hmm. And so there was a famine, there was a drought, you know, it was the mothers that were so emaciated and the tiny babies that can't nurse because there's no milk and the flies and everything. And in the background was all the big kids that no one talked about it was all and not that the mothers and the babies don't deserve the attention, but it was something about those big kids in the background as an eight year old child that I was like, I'm going to go there someday and I'm going to adopt a big boy. Like that was my literal thought and I will never ever, <laughs> ever forget it. And I told my, and I was sobbing and then I was like, okay, that's over. I have to go outside and play now. It was summer. You know, my mom came home from work and I, and I told her and she was like, okay, and, you know, life happened. My husband and I got married. We had three kids. And one day we were just talking about it. And boom, boom, boom. We went to Ethiopia. We adopted our son. He was almost 11. Uh, it, it'll be 10 years this year that he's been with our family. And he's he's great. And we've had some conversations about abandonment and what we remember and, and things like that. And I will never know... Uh, the abuse he suffered and I will never understand the night he went to the orphanage. I can only compare it to the night I went to foster care, but I knew where my mom was and I saw my mom again, you know, like, so our stories are different, but I can empathize with his fear. I can empathize Mm -hmm. with his like fight or flight instinct. I can empathize with his need of control. Um, so I don't know. So what motivates me? is to give to everybody else all the things that I was searching for my whole life because it's it's really still, it's in you. It's in people. They just need a way to bring it out. Yeah, I, yeah that, that makes total sense. So, <laughs> like, it's like, but my way is like, what you were saying is like, you know, you've never been there, you never experienced what he has. I feel like that's a, a big thing that a lot of people don't understand is that everybody's experience is unique and different and that you know 
you may have similar experiences or you might be able to relate, but you never truly understand how someone else's experience, you know, affected them. Because, you know, there's so many uh, variables when you, it comes to how a person becomes a person, you, you know, like Excellent. how you become you, you. And then, you know, you try to empathize, you try to, you know, try to figure out, decode all of this stuff about how this person came to be and you try to analyze it. And I think that's, Sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes that can be a bad thing. I agree. I think just pulling out. Right. I don't understand his story, but I can, you know, one of the interesting conversations we've had lately, which I'm sure he'll just love that I'm sharing is, uh, you know, he doesn't bring a lot of girls around Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you're so freaking cute. What's the problem? You know, he's just like, I don't know these girls, you know, you can't trust anybody. And I mean, oh my gosh, I don't want to be in the dating realm of like technology and freaking Tinder blah blah apps that I can't understand. You know, like I just it would be very hard to I think have trust because of all the technology. You know, so I don't know if that's the case and it's funny because he'll make comments like, you know, I would love to have kids someday, but I don't know if I want a wife. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> let's talk about that. You know, that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast. But um a lot of that's trust issues, I'm sure. You well, know? Well, yeah, because so much of the information, like, so much information is out there. You know, you can you can read someone's history. You can figure a person out online. Like, Unfortunately, that's not always the whole truth, though. I, I understand, like, some can be fabricated or, you know, something can be misleading or, you know, they don't put certain stuff up there. But right. you can kind of put the pieces together that's even though you don't have the whole puzzle you can put the pieces together i feel like technology is so interesting that it brings everyone together especially with dating that's like the a big thing i will i've never done it never will I, i've heard, had friends that you know tinder this and that i'm like why i just don't understand how I that can't. works and well i understand how it works like i can use it i would if i, if I, if I, <laughs> I could download it right now and get it working and Go find me a date next Thursday or something. But right. But the issue is it's it's like, okay, well, I can meet. What I think is cool is that you have a, a much better, not better selection, but you have more selection of people you can meet, you know. I think I that's, that's interesting. So technology can be a really good tool. Oh, it can it's also just, be terrible. It can be awful. Uh-huh. Hate, know? just so much hate, 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 you know, uh. Nasty comments, nasty this. It just gets kind of really, uh, really, really crazy down there, especially when you have so much an- anonymity and, you know, you don't know who this right. person is, you know. Right, right. But I also think that, you know, it also, you know, it's it's it can be good as long as people use it for good. But, you know, there's going to be both sides to it. So. And as long as it's like user beware. You know, you just you just have to know, I guess, what you're getting yourself into with with that. And again, I'm just don't I don't want to deal with it. I'm gonna live in my little bit happy bubble. This mm-hmm. is <laughs> this is my happy bubble. This is where I like to stay. Um, you know, yeah. My kids have had some Tinder dates, which I'm sure they would also love me talking about. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, what what is wrong with you? Oh, wrong? there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's it's just a new <laughs> form. It's a new form of dating. It's a new form of you know, meeting people. It's really, it's really interesting right. to see how that, how, how technology has 
adapted to almost every type of thing. You know, new jobs, new this. A lot of things are done online, and and I think almost everything will be online at some point. You know, that's that's where we're heading. Yeah, I, I, I love that's unfortunate too. I I agree. Like it's a great arena to meet people, but then engage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like nothing worse than when you'll be out and everybody at the restaurants like. I understand. Yeah, see, yeah, it's it, in my lap. You know, I'm not on it, but like, yeah, put it down. And it's funny because you said you freak out when you lose your phone. Like, there's times where I'll plug my phone in upstairs in my bedroom and I'll come downstairs so that I'm present. Or even if we're just watching TV or watching a movie or something like that. But it's weird because you go, you go to grab it, to check it, and I have to. Sometimes I just need to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people have that problem. And some people just, you know, they don't know how to interact with people like on Twitter. I'm like, why? what? You know, they just want to create conflict with other people they don't even know. And you, next thing you know, you spent three hours arguing with someone about climate change or uh, the earth isn't flat or, you know, whatever it is. And there's so many arguments and you just, it gets kind of insane when you think about it. Uh, you know, you create conflict online. So many people do it. They just want to... Yeah. use a lot of social media because of this too and I use a lot of social media for my job and I find that sometimes that is almost very taxing like remember Mm -hmm. when Facebook was just fun and we just did this and we just did this and you know LinkedIn has been great because I like that that's more of a professional platform though I get some really freaking weird stuff it's okay (laughs) it happens to everyone like what what did you just did someone just message that to me you know Like, like what just happened but right so I'm like okay there has to be like some level of crazy you know in all these places but um Twitter is one that it's probably like the one I use the least but I really like it I just think I haven't maybe spent enough time on it you know I love Instagram um obviously Facebook has them but you know uh I think I like LinkedIn because it's just the platform. I do notice it turning into Facebook for some people, and I kind of just hide them, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, technology—it's—it's it's mind blowing. I think I can think of a list of words that I didn't know 25 years ago. Really? Like Google, like when I was your age, uh-huh. nobody. Okay, so when I was 20 years old, you—if someone said to me like, "Hey, text me when you get home," what does that mean? Like. Texting, email, Google, PM, DM, Instagram, like Twitter. Like, oh my God, did you see that person's tweet? I've been like, what? Like, you know, like these things didn't exist. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see everybody kind of growing up in this. Yeah, I'm so in tune with technology and what's going on. So it's like, I'm just amazed. And, you know, I follow all the latest stuff, you know, like from whether it's SpaceX to, you know, VR headsets to games to this and that. I just get so entrenched. Even products, like, there's some really cool products that you've probably never heard of, and they're out there, and you're like, why, why doesn't someone have this, you know? Or, you know, why don't people, why aren't people using this? Or, you know, phones are one of the biggest things to keep changing and evolving. And most people don't really think that because, you know, oh, it looks the same, you know, but... 
so I many mean, software features happening inside of you know, and so many changes and then now you can't you can do this with that you can you can do this so many apps being created that's where i think everything is pretty much heading is the app world the, the kind of development of stuff for your phone not necessarily the hardware because hardware right. will always get better but it'll be a much slower process compared to the software yeah, that's interesting. I just, I'm like, okay, I got the iPhone 7. It probably does, like, way more than I know what it does. I just need to do, like, easy things. <laughs> you, know? you know? I don't know. Like, yeah. my kids know. My kids know. They're your age. I ask them. <laughs> like, I can't even figure out. Now, I know I'm too old, but my kids, a while ago, like, before it was even really a big deal to sign me up a Snapchat, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now my one daughter that's away at school, that's how we communicate every day. We Snapchat each other every day, every day. She's at Kentucky. Okay, but I can't figure out how, <laughs> like, they're like, Mom, you need to make a Bitmoji, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, so I make this one, but I'm like, I don't know how to get the Bitmoji onto the Snapchat screen. <laughs> She's like, ask Ish. I'm like, oh. if I have to ask my kid to explain to me how to do my freaking time-wasting Snapchats, then I better find something better to do with my time. So my, my Bitmojis just stay where they are. <laughs> that's That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I did grow up when there was VHS. I was very young. Thank God. So I understand that I understand like everything that went on and like I'm like, wow. Like I remember I used to record my cartoons in with a VHS. I put it in there, press record, and then it recorded the Right. And I and my my mom, she had the it was like one of those old school ones. Like it had the dial and everything and <laughs> She, I guess she never upgraded until, you know, uh, I forget what came out. She got one of those big, big screen TVs that are, like, super thick. And oh, they, right. Yeah, that weighed, like, a thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I remember helping my dad and a couple of my cousins came over to, to put that in there. I don't even know how we got it in there. It's so big. I think it was through the garage, but, you know, I, I really don't know. It was so huge. I was like, wow. And then I look at stuff now. You know, you have... You have uh, companies like Samsung coming out with these TVs that don't have speakers in them. The screen is a speaker. So it vibrates the screen and the sound comes from the screen. So you have all this uh, new technology and you have pixels getting so much better, you know. It's amazing. It is. It's very amazing. And then, you know, when I was a kid, it was just like, oh, VHS, you know. I remember that. But then people talk about cassettes. I'm like... Oh, maybe I, I've heard one, you know, what? And then my dad shows me like a Walkman one time. I was like, what is that? You know, he's like, this is the iPod or the iPhone of a uh, long time ago. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. That was the iPod of the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you talk about a Walkman because I was just joking the other day about. Um, OK, so now how you can make somebody a playlist. Mm-hmm. OK, so now. I mean, geez, if I was a teenager and we had, like, SoundCloud and stuff and I could have just, like, boop, boop, boop and, like, sent that off, they would have saved so much time because we would make mixtapes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had the cassette and then you had a radio. So you had a separate – well, sometimes you had separate. Every, anybody that's my age that's going to watch this will totally, like, love this memory. Sometimes you had, like, the big boom box with the cassette player in it. So then you could tape the songs, but you had to wait for them to come on the radio. So you would spend hours of time listening to the radio, waiting for your favorite song so that you could record it on your tape. Then you would make this tape 
of all these different songs, and it was your mixtape. So teenagers would be driving around in their cars with all these different tapes, like, with all the different genres, like you would do, like, on a playlist. It was awesome. Uh, I bet. I bet. (laughs) I can't remember that, but I bet it was. You won't remember, because we're talking, like, late 80s. I mean... I mean, when I was a teenager, it was like late 80s, early 90s, you know, so or I graduated from high school in the early 90s. So I think I think that's so interesting, though, because like Crazy. I don't have that experience at all. So it's like when I hear it, I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you is it what? Wait, you had to do what? Well, you knew. Listen, if a guy gave me a mixtape, he really liked me because that took some freaking time. <laughs> yeah, that was not five minutes on iTunes, clicking songs, putting it together, and burning a CD. That was like sitting at the radio for who knows how long, maybe a couple different times, a couple different days. You know, I can remember I had a boyfriend all through high school, and I would make him tapes. And it was, I mean, it was a labor of love. <laughs> <laughs> it meant a lot. Like, if you make someone a mixtape, like, significant. So much, yes. <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm like, uh, do I know how that feels? No, never. Didn't live in that time. Don't know what how that worked. You know, now I, you know, I can ask just, your mom. Ask your mom about mixed. And I can just send see. stuff out and just and like it's so easy. Like, hey, have you heard this song? And then send it. And just send them the links. Yep. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is awesome. I heard this last week. Oh, I'll send you this one. So it's just like just the back and it's forth. It's still thoughtful. It's just different. And you got indi- yeah, and now you got independent artists that can actually make their stuff instead of having labels, like uh, oh, record labels. That's true. That's true. And just like podcasts, mm-hmm. anyone can do so, it. That's 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 what I tell everyone. You could do this too if you wanted to. Just right. I think the video is a great idea versus just the sound too. Oh well, yeah, because I feel like the sound doesn't get enough emotion, you know, because you, well, your hands about, move. I'm talking about the happy bubble. Yeah, the bubble. What bubble are you talking about? And then. Happy. I find myself, you know, especially when someone like yourself is very, uh, you know, movement oriented. <laughs> I feel I feel like I have to describe what's going on here. Uh, she's giving me this weird look, or you know, she's turned turned her head this way. Oh, she's making a bubble. Well, it's funny because everything I would record for my show was over Skype, but there was never video mm-hmm. because it it was through. Uh, the network so mm-hmm. they would skype me and they would skype that person and put us together so i didn't have like that direct line with them so yeah we'll have to offline we'll have to talk about all that stuff so i'm just uh gonna do some stuff with some local radio here and then get it back into itunes yeah itunes is that's where you have to put your podcasts because mm-hmm. any other form i feel like no whether it's soundcloud or podbean or any of these those very it's great to have them on all those platforms, but I feel like iTunes is the most accessible, the most everyone, most people have an iPhone. It's more reputable, yeah. probably too. And uh, you know, it's a lot more. Well, it's not simple. I wouldn't say it's simple because you know, once I say, "Oh yeah, it's easy to use Snapchat," and people get like, "Oh, no, it's no, not it's easy. not Brandon because I can't figure out." No. <laughs> okay, so you have to click here, then click there. So I really think that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, everything is a learning experience for sure but i've really yeah i've enjoyed talking to you thank you for having me okay well yeah thank you for coming on it was a pleasure meeting you yeah you too i look forward to learning more about you and watching your episodes and um anything else i can do yeah let me know all right 
thank y'all for listening. Uh, this was episode 16 with... I can't... I, Amy Bredo. Woo. Woo. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>